Hey friends, Brian here. Uh, I just wanted to send a quick apology for the delay it took to gain this to the feed. Um, if you're unaware, two days after we recorded this podcast, my uh, first, um, my first and, and best, Cat Murphy, died, and uh, and it 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 gutted me, it, it ruined me, and I'm only now starting to feel. A little bit back to normal, which is why I feel up to doing um, this episode. So I just wanted to just chime in and say I'm sorry this took so long. Uh, we'll be getting back to regular podcasts <clears throat> this week with Underspace. So keep an ear out for that. And thank you for subscribing, listening, and for your patience. Uh, and uh, enjoy the show. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining us, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Space Things. Yes. And your co-host, Spaz. Hello. Uh, Hunter is going to be on a short sabbatical for a month or so. He is moving again. He just moved, like, a couple of years ago, and now he's moving again. That that moving sucks. So That boy is a mover. Our hearts... Go, uh, our hearts go out to him because um, uh, moving is the worst. Well, well the moving's not bad. It's the packing and unpacking. But, the, yeah, that's part of the, the whole actual, process. Though. Yeah. I don't know what's I, worse, I, the packing I, or the unpacking. I think the packing. Yeah. Yes. Because my, my wife yeah. has, you know, because, like, where my job's at, we're going to build a new data center, and it's going to be, like, even further away. And oh. I'm like, okay, that's going to throw, like, another half hour on him. She's like, we could sell the house. And then I look around. And I'm like, no, because <laughs> I just don't want to pack this stuff. Oh, God, you have a lot of stuff. Um, folks, we have – oh, God, I didn't ask how you to say your last name. I'm not going to try. Um, we have a guest this week. Do you want to say how you say your last name, Mike? Stankowitz. Stankowitz. Yep. That's, uh, that's how I thought it was, but I didn't want to butcher it. That's a great damn, but there's a lot you can do with that last name. There's a lot of fun you can have with that last name. Um, uh, Mike is back uh, from MT Worlds. He's uh, back for the second time. We had you on about a year and a half ago. It was kind of yep. late 2017, mid late. It was, I think it was October 2017 to talk about uh, Interstellar Transport Company, which just recently came out of early access last week. So you had what about a year, year and a half in early access? Uh, actually, almost two years. So. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's a, that's amazing. Oh crap! I forgot we have some news to get on. So I've been doing the news very much lately, folks. I've been really busy. Sorry, but let me just throw a few things out at you real quick before we continue. Uh, X4 Foundation's got a massive, massive, massive patch today. I think the patch notes have like about. 200 to 300 items, fixes and additions and stuff. Huge. So, so it works now. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I'm going to have to try it. good? Uh, well, uh, I haven't actually uh, been able to play anything. In, in uh, uh, let me get back keep, to you. Keep waiting. Uh, keep waiting until we sign uh, off on it. The thing about Egosoft yeah. games is they're full of ambition, but you need to let it sit in the oven a bit to really simmer, to really get it right. Um, yeah. 
So the next piece of news is Star Sector. It's crawling closer to 1.0. They just had 0.9.1A, which I really hope we don't get another 10 years of like 0.9.2B, you know, type of thing before this thing finally comes out. But he doesn't release very often, so that's big news. Apparently, colonies are what got the big upgrade in that um, that update. Sunless Skies got a complete revamp called Wayfair. It revamped pretty much the entire game. A new character you can employ and everything. Huge, huge update. Um, Between the Stars uh, hit early access today on uh, Steam. Uh, that was on Kickstarter for a while, and that just hit early access today. And finally, uh, the folks behind Trine announced Starbase today, which is kind of a massively multiplayer space engineers where you play a robot thing that's apparently coming out later this year, apparently, like out of nowhere. So that's those are the big, big slices of news. Uh, some of that I would have told you last week if our, if we didn't have an issue last week. So we didn't have a podcast last week. Apologize for that, but we have a podcast now. What's going on this week? Because there's a ridiculous amount of stuff. Like they, they just crammed everything into like, uh, end of May, beginning of June, right? Like void bastards, which I'm super hot for. It's Uh, good. That's coming out tomorrow. Uh, Yeah. It's it's like that's going on, uh, not a game, but but Godzilla is coming out on the thirty first. Is it so? Okay, yeah. So don't expect me to be around it's, that. Day. It's a very busy time. I know a lot of I'll games are be coming celebrating out. Celebrating or mourning, I don't know which. I I know a lot of games are coming out uh, on June sixth for some reason. Like I've seen that date being thrown all over the place for several games of late. Um, so we have a very yeah, busy time just, right now. Uh, like a ton of stuff. I, I had a list, but I can't find it right now. But it's like a lot of stuff. Yeah, and John Wick just came out. What was that? So what? I said too big to find. <laughs> too big. No, it's it's discoverability is a problem. You know. Oh well, God. It, it's yeah. actually that Steam's Steam's coming soon list sucks because. It's pretty it's bad. Jumbles shit out of order. It's like it makes no it sense. Like, like today, today, tomorrow, today, tomorrow, tomorrow quarter three, quarter three, today, today, exactly. tomorrow, quarter four, twenty nineteen, today, today, tomorrow. Like what yeah, the fuck? There's Steve? a there's a little <laughs> secret to that. It's because stuff gets updated on the back end, and so uh-huh. it's sort of when when people update stuff on the back end, even though it's not necessarily live yet it can throw it up there into the coming soon because, Hey, there's been a change to the store. Base. Yeah. Oh, well, Barotrauma, that's the other one. That's yeah. like big. Yeah. I'm, I'm super hot. To- what's, what's that's the, a Thursday which, night game. Which one it's, it's kind of like space station 13, but you're in a submarine, uh, under the ocean Bear, or under Bear the ice. Trauma? No, it's in space. Well, yeah, but, but it's in space. What's on it Europa. called? So you're in the, under the ice ocean. Barotrauma. Yeah. Bear Barrow trauma? Yeah, like barometric yeah. trauma. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So How have I not it, it's literally this? a space submarine and there's what's up to 16 players. Oh god. Well, on this third, sub. That's a Thursday night. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the what <laughs> the moment that I knew that this was the game is when I saw that one of the characters is the clown and he's got the little <laughs> horn and and it's just like 
Mm, so much Space Station 13 happening. Oh, this looks amazing. Okay, I'm wishlisting this. Yeah, and it's it's like got some weird ragdoll kind of movement thing going on. And but I, I watched a I don't know like an hour long uh, somebody playing in the alpha that, that you know because it's closed alpha right now. But um, somebody that was playing in that and they were dealing with uh, well remember remember when you were playing like we have to dive deeper or whatever that was and it, it's basically a game very much like that except stuff is breaking on the ship and then people have to man the guns and, and like repulse uh, aliens. Yeah. We need to go deeper stuff. We need to go deeper. Yeah. Was, yeah. Which was also yeah, very that. Good. Yeah. It's, it's a game in the same vein, but the, but there's also some, uh, some uh, conspiracy crap in there too. Right. Yeah. Because you can have people that have like their job is like, you're the saboteur. Right. Didn't <laughs> they tell us, didn't they tell us not to go to Europa at the end of 2010? Didn't, didn't, didn't yes, they, and didn't we've been pretty good told... about it so far. <laughs> well, we shouldn't have gone there then. Um, anyway, <laughs> we're here to talk about Interstellar Transport Company, primarily. Uh, so, uh, folks, if you're not unaware, Interstellar Transport Company is a space-based economic game where... Uh, it's, I want to describe it simply, but it's hard. Like It's basically a game of supply and demand. Right, that's basically at its core. Right, it's that's that's how you describe it. Yeah, it's it's a uh, you basically control a, a space transportation company trying to uh, supply humanity with everything they need as they reach out for the stars. You know, right? And you start in one system um, with one planet and your moon, and then you can just branch out from there, and. Uh, there's a lot going on in this game, folks, like a lot. Like it's not only moving stuff, supply and demand. It's doing research to get better ships and better buildings. So like like in the beginning of the game, like maybe no one makes machinery, for example. But when you have a new colony, everyone needs machinery. So, for example, so you want to get on that machinery thing so you can start shipping machinery and make all the money. Um, yeah, I mean the you know the um, supplies demands are, they're constantly shifting. We really you know pride the game on on having that be yeah. you know a strong element in it. So it, yeah, it's it, we're really kind of proud of how how dynamic it is and how it really you know, is how engaging it, you have to be. It really is. You look at what is it the starport screen where you could see at a glance the supply and demand for every starport. There is basically, yep. so you could see easily. Yeah. Oh, this these guys need uh, rare materials, and these guys need water and food, and these guys, and so you can make your uh, you make your routes based on that. Yeah, it, it's almost funny because because people go into it and they they have the expectation that it's like a regular trading game where where stuff's pretty static and doesn't change much. And you know, watching some videos of of YouTubers and stuff, it's as they realize that. You know, hey, this I add more population here, and all of a sudden they need more food and they need more water. And <laughs> hey, they have as more I, people. As I, yeah, <laughs> they're like, wow, that's that's different, you know. And uh, like, hey, you know, I, kept, I kept sending all of a sudden they could start supplying stuff. So, like, I kept sending people there, and now they need all this food and water, but I'm still yeah. sending people. 
Like they don't need people anymore. <laughs> they have too yeah. many people now. <laughs> it was it's actually kind of fun to watch the little um not sliders, but little bar graphs move up and down right. as you moved yeah. as you moved uh, goods around the system. Yep. It is a very dynamic game. There is t- there there must be a ton going on under the hood. Uh, I've only yeah, been is. in one system and just, I mean, how many? Like, I think the game I played had two or three other companies, and yep. they were already colonized. Like the Earth government was colonizing um, planets, and mm-hmm. but they and they already like before I even knew it, they had like two. Um, Two docking bays there already. It's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, we've improved the uh, the AI a ton. That's one. You know, that was one of the biggest complaints when we first launched early access, and we really put a lot of effort into that. Yeah, I learned a lot by watching the AI because, like, when I first started, and I'm embarrassed to say I'm terrible at this game. But folks, I'm terrible at this game. You'll see in the videos that are kind of come out throughout the week. I'm awful at this game, but I try and say clearly in the video, don't hold that that against the game because <laughs> entirely my fault. Um, but yeah, I'm terrible. It's not your fault. I'm not saying it's your game's fault. It's totally my fault. But um, I started watching the AI and saw what they're doing because for me it was like, oh, I should have a mix of a ship that can take some little bit of everything, you know. And then I'd watch that's the one AI. way to do it, right? But then I'd watch the AI. It's like, oh, they're taking entirely water in that ship. They're taking entirely <laughs> passengers in that ship. They're, it's like, huh? Maybe I should try that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen some people that set up uh, mixed uh, cargo ships and then just reassign them to smaller colonies. Um, it, it's a really interesting way to do it. So instead of having, you know, one ship that you're going to upgrade that just carries food or something, they actually have a, a food, water, machinery ship. And then once that colony gets to a certain point, they just shift it over to a different, smaller planet. So, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of different. Is it, ways a, it. is it a valid strategy? Because you can you can buy the disposable one way rockets. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, like instead of buying a ship that does round trips at the beginning. Is it, is it a decent strategy to just say, Hey, the moon needs water and a lot of it. So let me just buy, uh, you know, I'll queue up a bunch of rockets and, and just like fling a lot of water at the moon. And I'm not worried about making the return trip with anything. Well, or, th- there's a, there's a few benefits. I mean, you, you can beat your competition there by doing that. So you can just get a lot of stuff there really fast. Um, but generally no, you, you probably don't want to do that, um, except in very such you know situations. The biggest reason is that it's, it requires a lot of micro. You know, you're going to have to micro what well, you yeah, send but, where. But yeah. that's what I'm saying is like really early game. You know, like if I if I just yeah. want to get a jump and you know, or like hey, I, I need to colonize Mars. Let me fling some people at Mars or something, no, and then definitely. I can because if it's a colony thing, you you only need to like just that initial jolt, right? And then the population will grow on its own if you keep them supplied or, or yeah, how does that if work? Can, like if I, if nobody's taking them food and water, do they just die? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's colonies literally just die. So there's actually um, a scenario we put in because a lot of people like to play just solo without any AI. Uh, you could do that in a custom game if you want, but um, we actually put a, a predefined game, a scenario in there 
Uh, it's called solely responsible. We kind of describe it like you're a totalitarian state on earth. And <laughs> you're, so there, you know, you are the corporation and the government altogether. And so you have to send, you, you know, you're the only person in town doing this. So yeah, it's really interesting. You have to colonize, you have to build all the spaceports, you have to do all that stuff. Oh, that, way to that sounds kind well, of amazing cool. and, and, and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> Well, the other thing, like the opposite of playing purely solo without even any competition in the thing, is uh, you actually have multiplayer in here now, which I don't think was there the last time that you were on. It was, but um, for about the first six months of launch, I actually had little little bug icons on the on the uh, uh, multiplayer button because it was so buggy. It was yeah, I didn't really want people to go in there too much. But now it's it's nearly flawless and it's it's great, man. I love oh, playing cool. multiplayer. So can you set that up like it's it's humans only and yeah. all the AIs out? Or can you yep. actually control like, hey, there'll be so many AIs in the mix? Yeah, you can control it. It's just like a custom game setup. It actually uses the same screens and everything. Oh, so cool. you can control how many AIs you want in there, how much money you guys start with, how much, mm-hmm. you know, what the difficulty level is. So how, how do you handle save game stuff? Is it like one person hosts, so they save the game, and then if some, well, let's say somebody disconnects and then wants to rejoin, or, yeah, we or have, whatever. Does, we actually does the do game have, just pause if somebody drops. Yeah, so we we take use from like you know paradox games as far as that goes. Um, we actually it pauses when when somebody stops, but you can keep playing and it actually can hot join in. Um, oh, nice. And, you can rehost save games. Um, I'm not sure if another person can host. I know we're having some issues with that, but I know I know at least that the original host can host the game. Same people could join in. You have no issues. People yeah. do that all the time. So, so what what was your multiplayer struggle? Was it was it the sync stuff? Because like even Stellaris still like has sync stuff. So I no. figure that's probably got to. No, not so much sync. It was. Um, I, I mean, it was sync, but we we don't really. I don't think we handle multiplayer the same way Paradox does because they always seem to have sync issues and people are days behind and stuff like that. Um, we send out things individually, and they're on their own, you know, streams as far as their own ordering channels and everything. Um, so we were having issues with like ships being. You know they're like jerking around when they're moving. Uh, we couldn't get the interpolation right between packets. Uh, that was probably the biggest issue. Um, obviously, like hot joining, rehost, all that stuff was a big problem. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of challenges there, but we went into it from the beginning knowing that we wanted multiplayer. Because I mean, really, that's the only way I play any game now. I don't, I don't sit down and play a single player game myself anymore. Yeah. You know, any game I'm going to play, I'm going to play with my friends. And that's so I knew because yeah, it, it, it's kind of like this game. Well, spiritual successor to uh, to Space Bucks mm-hmm. in, a, in a way. Um, and if people aren't familiar with that, think Railroad Tycoon in space was kind of yeah. what's going on. And and it's it's just like you're connecting resources to places that need them. And then you can like build an industry there, supply that that'll make things and then you carry them where that needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing that I really liked actually is that you have a tutorial video up on YouTube where you show everything. And honestly, I feel that that is, uh, 
a good sales thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's like if, if somebody wants, I, I end up watching a lot of let's plays. Right. And it's just right. like, Hey, this game, you know, came out. I don't know anything about it. Let me go find somebody that's doing a let's play that I can stand and, uh, you know, <laughs> try to like catch the vibe, like what's going on in this thing. Sure. And for games like this, I end up, you know, like with Nucrium and stuff, uh, which I, I don't know if he has Nucrium looked at, at this. Cause he should, if he hasn't, I don't even know who that is. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll point you his way. Oh, oh no, his... no. Yeah. Nook. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he's uh, he did a few videos when it first uh, came out in EA, and he did one um, right at launch. Just, I'm not yeah, sure if he's going to do another one though. All right, so yeah, we, you might want to tickle him again because his his audience is basically no. Your audience. He, he just did it uh, just a day or so ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, he, then... he was the first guy out with a video actually. Oh, long. gotcha. All right, but I I don't know that he's going to do another one because I yeah I, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Well, you know, just the exposure at all with, right. with him is good. So, yeah, um, yeah so it's, uh, I don't know. It, I think whenever the developer does their own Let's Play, I, I because nobody can show off your product like you can. So right. I, I think that that's a, a thing that I would encourage every developer to do. Nudge, wink, developers. <laughs> um, you know, like do your own best Let's Play. Show show your stuff off, and and then let the public have at it. Because if people if people are looking at it and they're kind of confused, it's like, well, you know how to play it, right? And and also, um, I would say throw some strategy at them. You know, it's like, hey, you're you're starting off, uh, you're you're not really lost. You know, you don't know what's going on yet, um, but I don't want you to be lost. So here here's like the recipe for like the first. X number of minutes of the game. If you do this, you'll be off to a good start, you know, just replicate this. And then, you know, there's other ways to do it too, that you'll find, but yeah. I don't know if you can hear my cat purr and it's like all up in my mic. (laughs) Go away. Kitty. Kitty. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Um, I never really thought about doing a let's play video myself, but. Yeah, I mean the the tutorial thing that you did was was really good. I'm I can tell like with with the edits and stuff in there, you were probably a couple hours making that thing. Oh man, uh, yeah. that, that was that was I was up till four a.m. before launch trying to get that out. Actually, yeah, and I've I've got a I've got a similar experience on the the one title that I worked on where it was yeah. just like, but that game it, it was like super confusing because it didn't explain itself. So it was like. If I don't explain this in minute detail, everybody's dead, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. but yours, it's like you you've got the tutorial thing in there that kind of guides you through, you know, like okay, click on this, click on that, do these things, um, kind of gets you through it, which I like that too because it's it's not an oppressive tutorial because you can just kind of close it and get it out of the way and play the game if you want. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you like yeah. that. We've been having a lot of. Issues with um, people complaining about the tutorial UI, so yeah, it's good to hear some positives for sure. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's it's, uh, that doesn't make. Well, it's any like sense. The, the only other, the only thing that I would add to it is whenever the tutorial thing tells you like go click on this, like maybe if you put a big red arrow <laughs> pointing at the button because <laughs> it's like it's like oh, okay, that's going to be one of these buttons, and I mouse over them and look at the tooltips and find it right. I, like I've played a video game before, but yeah. I, I don't know. Like so, some people c- kind of want a bold call out, so maybe that. But 
Yeah. How, well, I, I wanted to ask about the UI anyway, right? Because it's it's like doing the game in Unity, like I, I'd said before the show, like I'd screwed around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I find UI stuff, like to, to sketch it in Photoshop, oh, that's easy. To actually get it to show up on the screen right in Unity, oh my God, kill me. So, you know, it's it's just like, why do the fonts like step on each other? Oh my God. And and I've seen that a lot too, like in indie games on Steam, right? Where it's like, wow, your fonts are terrible and I know why. <laughs> I know exactly why. Um, but yeah, so so yours looks pretty good, actually. It's, it's clean um, and it's, uh, you know, it gets the job done and it's a hell of a lot better than I could do, that's for sure. Um, but it's... What I'm- it, it's like you've got an overwhelming amount of information right. to present it well. Um, and you have a lot of mouse over tooltips that are in there. So um, it's how how difficult or easy is it? Like if people make feature requests, like, boy, I want a big red arrow over this thing or something. Um, how, how much burden is that to go in there and actually like tweak around your interface elements? Uh, it's It's... It depends on what you're requesting, but I mean, for instance, when you just said, you know, um, put some big red, big red X's on on uh, buttons, that's kind of that's tricky, you know. It, it would take it would take obviously days to do that for all the pop ups that we have. Because yeah. not not only are you trying to position stuff based on where they are, you're trying to position on on the screen resolution that they have. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into the UI. I I hate UI work, but man, we've we've really tried to to make it better. Yeah, no, well, in the in a game like this, it's like the game is mostly the UI. Right. So it's right. it's kind of like I, w- I would say the bulk of your dev time, other than like back end uh, economy behavior, has has probably been the banging your head against that UI. <laughs> so, sure. um, so it's like yeah, I'm I'm mostly pleased with it honestly and and it's like you, you know you were saying like you, you didn't get a lot of negative feedback and then now that it's kind of launched out now you're getting comments so and yeah, it's like boy in early, we wish right in early access it's it's we, we got some you know complaints about you know you need to improve the UI UI is not all that good and we made a lot of visual improvements and you know some some uh other things and we we thought it was good cuz nobody was really saying anything to us and then all of a sudden we're we're launching here and you know, ninety percent of the complaints we're getting is just the UI, and I th- I think some of that is the complexity of the game, and maybe the new player experience. We we probably need to watch a few more people get into the game first and yeah. watch what they're doing. You know, so that that's kind of a lesson for us. Um, well, yeah, now that now that it's out, right? Like if it's the oh god, it, it's a double edged sword, right? Because it's yeah. like. You want to watch other people play your game, but if you watch somebody that just doesn't get it, it's it's painful, right? <laughs> so it's kind of like how how can I help this person, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's like if they don't if they don't get the the basics, you know, it's like because I, I watched some people play this stuff that I worked on, and and it was just like you've played a game before, right? You know, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like click the button, click no no, it's right there, you know, it's it, yeah. dude, it's agony. Yeah, it's. I think that's where a lot of the um, the complaints are coming from, just because it's such a complicated game, and you know, we probably didn't explain it a hundred percent. And for people that maybe not played a lot of like Transport Tycoon or, or 
Railroad Tycoon or something, maybe they don't really understand what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, well, that's the thing too, because you're bringing that kind of game to an audience that may, maybe people that are into sci-fi games or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or, or like people that played, uh, say, um, Offworld Trading Company. Right? right, and they're like, "Oh, I want something like that," but oh, this is like shipping stuff. So, and yeah. and the leap from that to years, you know, hey, can you do? Can you put a stock market in for me? That would be great. Oh gosh, when, how soon can you? Are, are you out? saying oh, like, oh god, we've had a lot of requests for it. Actually, are you saying something Seriously? like um, Offworld Trading Company or yeah, yeah, more like Railroad Tycoon style? Yeah, both. Both. <laughs> Don't don't. But that was kind of my guess, though, was like, yeah, people were like, hey, can we have that stock market? Because uh, I bet a, a good chunk of your audience is actually yeah. off-world trading company people yeah. that are like, oh, something new that's like. Yeah. See, yeah, this, is why I don't, this is why I don't understand about people who have a problem with the UI. It's because this is for a specific type of gamer. This isn't just for someone who likes science fiction games. This is for someone right. who also likes deep, deep in the weeds economic situ- simulation. That's what this is. Yeah, and, and that's what we tell people. I mean, if yeah. if you like, if you want a heavy management, right. you know, economic game, you'll probably love this. But exactly, but your UI yeah. caters to that, and I think very well. Right. You have buttons and tooltips for everything, like. Like I said, my problem with the game was not the UI. It's like I started seeing all these choices ahead of me, and my brain was like, nope, we're not doing this. We're done. <laughs> so it was just too much for me. But the UI was not the problem. The UI was actually great. I, spe- I especially love the planet UI. You know how like yeah. you had you had these – you could rotate it around. You had these spots where you could build factories and offices and all these random things and – research stations and whatnot and it's it's like there's it's a lot it's a lot but it's also so well laid out you know i think because it like you have uh, what a two dozen map overlays or something almost and like and not and not only and and the great thing is each mode has like what three to five sub modes like yep. oh here's electronic or here's um machinery but who supplies it who demands it <laughs> you know? yep. like there are so many ways to get the information you need in this game yeah so okay it's amazing let's let, let's go down strategy road right like if you're writing a strategy guide for your game right and and it's like i've i've not played this before but I, but I want somebody to tell me like what is the what is the formula here like the you're you're trying to you're trying to sh- to find the best buy low sell high and get it there before the computer does because it's trying to do it too right so so like if you go if you set out to beat your game how do you start out uh, well obviously start with the moon um, you just got to keep an eye on the demand supply, I, I'd say don't pay all the attention to the graph. Look down below where it's actually telling you what the price is, what the um, what the uh, surplus or deficit is. Because a lot of people a lot of people focus too much on that supply and demand up top, and that doesn't really tell the whole picture. Um, because sometimes, you know, you have a giant planet that's actually producing enough of something, but it, it, the graph doesn't really represent that all that well. So 
Yeah, you really gotta you really gotta look down below. Um, but yeah, start with the moon. Go to go to Mars. Um, try to get um, reputation up on most of the places. So keep you know offices. A lot of people kind of neglect offices, neglect um, maintenance hangars through the mid game. You got to keep those ships you know running good because if you, if you don't keep up on that stuff, all of a sudden you're gonna have a huge breakdown with all the the ships in the mid game. So. You gotta make sure you have those maintenance singers. Um, yeah. Outside of that, uh, we put in the. Have you played around with the distribution hubs at all? No, I haven't gotten that far. No. Okay. So basically, what we did with the distribution hubs, we um, they're autonomous distribution networks pretty much so you build like a hub on where you want to send goods from a receiving center and where you want to receive goods to so if you if you for instance set up a hub on earth receiving center on the moon um you could usually do that about 10 you know five ten years into the game it's it doesn't take that long to set up like a, a small distribution mm-hmm. hub. you'll you'll just automatically start sending stuff over to the moon so you don't even have to worry about that anymore so it kind of it helps the game scale up and and helps manage the micromanagement so that you don't have thousands of ships in the late game mm. um, oh so the so the hub just like hires the some hub, local well yeah they'll literally send transport correct it, so eventually we, we you'll just send drones. stuff oh yeah okay. so yeah so uh, eventually in the late game instead of having like I said, thousands of ships going between all the systems. Pretty much what you're able to do is set up a distribu- distribution hub on like, you know, the, the best planet in a system. And then you're just worried about controlling the flow of traffic between the systems because the drones can never do that. So it, it helps the game scale up and keeps it interesting without being completely overwhelming with the micromanagement. So can the can the planets sign up for interstellar transport prime and that way they get like free two day shipping on it? <laughs> no, no. Well, you said so, drones and I was just like, well that's right. the next evolution, right? I actually have a buddy who works for that program. He just started working there like four or five months ago for the Amazon drone program. Oh wow. I didn't know yeah. they were still actively oh, yeah. doing it. No, I thought they ran no. into so much municipal static. No, it, it sounds like they're going full steam ahead on it, just probably working through a legal issue still. Oh, cool. Wait, full steam ahead on what? <laughs> the oh, Amazon God. drone delivery stuff. Oh, God. I ugh. Please, no. Please. Yeah, well, see, that's, that could be like your next game would be like Drone Tycoon. Drone Tycoon. Gosh. Wait, wait a minute. I'll be right back. I have to go trademark something. <laughs> <laughs> that's too good. Um, yeah, so do you get to a strategy point where it, it's uh, because you can have a ship like wait until it's got a full load of cargo before it flies somewhere, which I yes. would think, well, why not? But if you could make two trips while you wait on that cargo to fill up, you know, depending on like how much the planet produces per tick or, or whatever. Um, so my other thought in that is, is like, well, if you had a hub. Uh, let's say on earth, right? Mm -hmm. I I build warehouses and then I bring stuff that Mars needs from the moon. Instead of going from the moon to Mars and back, I actually just ship it quickly from the moon to earth and it sits in the warehouse. And then when that ship 
makes the long trip out to Mars and comes back, it's probably full by then. Yeah. Whereas if I sat, if I just made a trip to the moon, then, you know, no, definitely you, you can, you can warehouse things. Um, there's delivery rules. So when you're, when you're dropping stuff off, you can actually set to, uh, what you want to say is who is deliver and store. Mm-hmm. So that would deliver anything up to the, um, up to the, uh, demand limit. So anything yeah. that you're going to get paid for would deliver to that, and then it would store the rest in your company hangar. Your company hangar, you're the only one who could take stuff out of there. So I see this a lot in um, if you're delivering out to like all the Jupiter moons, you'll set up one moon as like the warehousing planet, deliver all your stuff there, do deliver and store, and then have like a, a, a level one hub that will just distribute everything to all the different moons there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because because what I was thinking, I, I wasn't even aware of the hub stuff. I was just thinking like, well, you have one big ship that hauls it there, and yeah. then all your little ships that that do your your municipal hauling or whatever. Um, also, like if you if you were going somewhere, and you would have to divert to go drop cargo, but you don't want to do that, then you could you could actually warehouse it halfway, and then have some other ship just run that loop and then you don't have to screw around with like having one ship, like run all over the damn place. Yeah. That'd be one way to do it. I mean, obviously yeah. it only, you know, would really come into effect when you have huge shipments. Yeah. Well, see the, the, the other game, um, have you messed around with helium rain? Any I all? have, I have not. I know you guys mentioned that last time, but no. Yeah. Um, well, they're, they're finally, I, I think they're done with it at this point. Yeah. They're, um, they're done and, with updates. No updates are, are forthcoming. No content forthcoming. Okay. Cause it's the, the thing of like helium rain is also a, a very shipping heavy game, but it's got like some combat stuff going on and you know, like station building and that too. But it's it's like the root of the game is is like supply and demand around a solar system again, mm-hmm. and the the deal that they have is very much kind of what you're doing, where it's like okay, set set a destination, load this, unload that, and then the next hop, load this, unload that. So you have to kind of plot you know what's going on, and then when you hit go, that fleet of ships because you can have multiple ships that just travel together and follow the same orders. Um, but that fleet of ships will just continue to loop that until you tell them to do otherwise. So you got to kind of keep an eye on the price charts and stuff where your AI kind of automates that to, to a, a better degree. Um, but it, it was a UI struggle there of like trying, they, they just chose a different path of doing it. Right. It's a, <laughs> a really different path. Um, but it's like, I could get confused in the UI there while I was trying to like decide what I was doing with a route where here I don't get that so much because there's a, there's enough visual representation and I can jump back and forth really easy. And you know, the camera snaps to what I'm looking at. So it's uh, I don't know. I just, I find the trading easier here. Good, uh, good. The, the combat's better there because <laughs> you don't have any, but <laughs> which have, have people asked for that? Like, dude, where's the pirates? I need we, pirates. We actually, planned on it in early access we well there are pirates um that is the thing so if if your system security rating is low you you usually see it in new systems but if the security rating is low you actually have pirate attacks on your ships and they'll steal stuff yeah but you're just a victim uh, there right you can't defend yourself against no you just build uh security stations that's the only 
thing you could do. And then you have to keep the security station supplied with weaponry. Um, but otherwise, no, I mean, there's, there's no combat. And actually we had it planned in early access to add in, um, like different, uh, nations and stuff and politics and everything else. And, uh, we were brainstorming on it for months and months and months, just trying to think of a way that would actually improve the game. And we just could not find anything that it would really help with. We just found that it would, it would convolute the game and, yeah, it'd be yeah. like, oh God, more stuff. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then you'd have to worry about embargoes because one of the big features we were, we were thinking was like, you know, one country would be embargoing something from the other one so you couldn't trade it there. So then you'd have to micromanage your routes to divert everything. It just it just seemed like it would totally take away from what we were trying to do. Yeah. So even though people are crying all over for it, we just scrapped it. Yeah, So, but what's up with the the reputation system on this on the planets? Is it just like they like you more if you continue to supply them in a timely manner or yeah. what, what do you do to make them happy? That's uh, basically it. The the biggest thing you do is make, to make them happy is uh, build an office there. So it, it's kind of simplistic, but you need an office there to, to improve your re- reputation. Um, next, you want to make sure that you have, you're picking up their goods, delivering their goods. Um, so it looks at who is the most impactful on that, that planet. And gives you a rating. So actually, if you if you like mouse over the reputation, it gives a breakdown of like the last 360 days um, on what the reputations, you know, changes that happened to your company were on that planet. So it gives you a little more information. But yeah, you definitely want to pick up, deliver stuff, uh, keep the office. Um, it punishes you if you like strand passengers. Um, so if a passenger's there for more than a year, they'll actually just go away. <laughs> so whoever oh, has, has, has the biggest influence on the country or on the, uh, on the planet, it'll, uh, punish that person the most. So yeah, there's a lot so that goes into the it, reputation. Is it kind of like first come gets the fare, you know, like whoever shows up there with a passenger ship gets them or are they going to actually wait for you if they booked? Um, you cannot pick up, um, Gosh, how did we do that with passengers? I honestly don't remember how we did it with passengers. It, it It's one of those two, but I, I don't remember. Um, but I know for cargo, like you can never pick up 100% of the cargo if you don't have 100% reputation. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so it'll, it'll, you know, give it to other companies first. Um, and then also you get better uh, prices when you deliver stuff to a higher reputation planet. So that's another incentive and you can't build all the buildings on the plant. You can't take up all the spots on the planet. You can't take up all the gates if you don't have high enough reputation. Oh, so, so if you like rent out all the gates, then you just lock your competition out that you you could do that to, you know, temporarily until the space support is updated. Eventually, you know, the earth government or one of the companies will just update the, the spaceport and, grab a gate oh, okay yeah because i'm like I'm, I'm looking at earth right now and i'm like boy there's a lot of gates on there i don't think i don't know i don't imagine affording you know <laughs> you can like go over to mars monopolizing right that yeah if you head over to mars it, it, there's only two gates you just buy those up but then, oh yeah that's true yeah but that adds up every month that's that's the problem with buying yeah, those it's, gates it's pretty cheap it's pretty cheap with mars but um th- they'll quickly up- upgrade it it doesn't really matter 
Yeah, I hate having loans, so I try and pay off the loan that you start the game with. Unless you, well, you don't. If you play an easy, you don't have a loan, right. if I recall correctly, right? But I, yep. I tried normal, you know, and you had a loan, and I play, I paid that off as early as I could, and that was not the best idea. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that was not to pay it off. Yeah, because in a month I was like, oh, I've been, I'm in the red <laughs> by the next month. Like, oops, I should have built up a little yeah, bit it's more. Kind of tightrope, you gotta. Yeah. Gotta make sure you yeah. have enough capital to do everything, but And I didn't. <laughs> one of my <laughs> problems with one of my problems with games like this is impatience. Like this is a game where you need patience. You know, yeah. you need foresight and you need patience. And that's those are things I do not have in much supply, <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. honest. <laughs> but I, I'm glad you went I was gonna ask about the whole influence thing. That's a that's a fascinating Mechanic. So, like, if you have a low influence, mm-hmm. you'll you'll be like picked last to get cargo, and like competitors, like if you're if a competitor's ship and your ship get there at the same time, they'll get the cargo first if they have a higher influence. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. But even that, you could get there first and have a ship that could hold all of it, and they'll still withhold nope. some of it from. It. Yeah, you, you can't pick up a hundred percent, but yeah, you'll you'll still be able to get it, but. You you can't get everything that is available. So if you're the only, you know, show in town and you don't have a good reputation, they're just not ever gonna give you everything that they have to to pick up. Oh man! <laughs> and you get reputation by building larger and larger offices. Yeah, offices and and like I was saying, you know, making deliveries. Oh okay. There's so much. So let's let's talk about the under underlying simulation. Like mm-hmm. what what is it tracking? It's tracking it's it's so it's tracking supply, it's tracking demand, it's tracking prices, it's tracking reputation. Um but, I mean it really starts with with you know a planet's um population and development. So you know development might be the most important number in the game. So it, oh, a wow. planet needs the planet needs some, you know, max machinery, which is 4,000 on every planet. That's kind of like constant. Um, and then it needs a certain population to reach 100% development. Um, until it has that, everything that it produces on the planet is not going to be at full capacity. So once it gets to 100% development and you have enough high, you know, you have enough population, you'll have a lot more output of food, water, um, everything else. So getting that development is you know kind of key but um what else yeah the, the food water that's you know obviously it, it consumes all that stuff the consumer goods same thing so the raw materials consumer goods um there's a few different supply chains so the uh rare resources get turned into um machinery machinery gets turned into robotics uh robotics influences how um, oh my how much God. food, water is produced and stuff. So is, there's, is there, yeah, there's a lot going on. Is there a place to see that production line? Because I saw people, I saw some, I I saw yeah. some um, ships hauling machinery. And I was like, where? Right. Where are you getting that machinery? I had no idea where they were getting the machinery from. But now that you say that it comes from the raw, the, the rare resources, I'm like, oh, that makes yeah, sense. There, at the beginning of the game, there's uh, machinery factories 
on um on earth so you you just grab the the machinery from there but earth doesn't have all that much rare resources so that's kind of you know one of the early game challenges where you have to move uh, rare resources from from the moon to earth from the moon yeah yeah and if you don't if you don't keep that stuff flowing you're not going to be able to create machinery and if you can't create machinery you can't really develop any of your planets. So maybe, maybe that's what I would ask for then some kind of visual way to see the production chain, like how that, how that works. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I don't yeah. know how easy that would be to add or hard. Probably not easy to add, but like, I, I just, that's a good idea. I've thought about it before, but where would I even, I don't know. It? Maybe you would put it, maybe you would put it on like, okay. So each planet has to get up to a certain Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent production. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing this. But is, is there any kind of? I'm going to use a horrible way to describe it. A planet planner, where like you can see what they need to get to a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like a tree or something. You know what I mean? To get to. If you hover over, like if you hover over development, which is the number we're talking about, it would um, it would tell you what it needs. So it would tell you it needs machinery. It needs population okay okay so yeah i mean pretty much anything you're you're looking at you, you just hover over it and it should give you i must have missed that then <laughs> well, yeah that's if you fault. uh that's my fault if you go to the manage space ports then you get a list of all the planets that you have ports on and right. it shows the supply and demand curves right there yeah. so well yeah yeah i I, I did see that but like i'm talking about for each individual planet like what is their biggest need right now? You know what I mean? Like what'll get them to a hundred percent production fastest. You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. You know? Yeah. So, so it's basically like a, a quick hover it over, hover over it tooltip. Like here, here's the hot things going on here. Like yeah. they need this. If, um, yeah, th- I mean, that's, that'd be a good, way to direct players there is a um if you're running low on any cargo it does pop up a little icon above the planet showing that's low on something so yeah is that what that was i saw those icons and i was like what is that and and i saw there's also a news ticker on the bottom but i would miss things and i didn't know how to get back to them (laughs) yep and please don't think I'm, we're being critical. We're just like pointing things uh, out. <laughs> of course. So there's, yeah, it's, it's like the, the amount of stuff we could add in here is endless. So you know, <laughs> it's the to fact that you hopefully make it, it better to hopefully great. make it better. Yes. <laughs> so I posted in, in your green room channel here. I posted the, uh, um, supply chain picture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's, wow. Oh my God! Is is that on the is that on the web anywhere? Because you should put that somewhere. That's I I put it on Twitter before, but we don't really have it. You should put it in your else. Steam community. That is an amazing. That's that's yeah. There's no oh my God. That's amazing. Consumer goods factory makes consumer goods, which with a which can make robotics with a robot can feed into robotics. Machinery also feeds into robotics. <laughs> rare resources yep. feeds into machinery which feeds into robotics luxuries feeds into weaponry that's interesting yeah so you kind of have to balance like um you know feeding luxuries to to big planets or feeding it to 
um, weaponry factories in order to supply your security stations. Oh my god, rare resources also feed into weaponry as well as medicine. No, no, that's not that's not rare resources. No. That's that's what is that? That's food. Food, food feeds into medicine. Food and genetic material. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a, I yeah, put that into our stream chat for that's, your interest. That is astounding. Nice. Yeah, you should you should put that in a in a guide thing or something on your Steam community where people could see that because that that kind of visual, like I see that, I'm like, oh my god, that makes things so much clearer. That's amazing. <laughs> or or maybe just have it. Is it in the game somewhere that I can just pull no. up the. Yeah, so if if that was like a full screen thing, or was, say like here's a list of all the things that I could possibly make, and I click on it, and then it shows me like okay, here's the list of things that I need to do that, and then if I click on one of those components, then it could snap me on the map to here's the closest cheapest place to get it. See, I feel kind of I feel kind of bad because if if I had actually played more during early access. I might have been able to point this out, but I don't like playing yeah, early ac- access games because so much changes, and I don't want to burn out before release. You know yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, if, uh, if I wanted to, if I wanted to put a wicked burden on you for it, right? The because you're trying to you're trying to like allow the player to automate things. Like you don't make the player think about what is the the best buy low sell high to take to the next place that I'm going, the ship will automatically shop for that. Um, so the, I think maybe the next step from that is if you, if you have a planet selected and then you pick a commodity that you want to produce there, mm-hmm. then maybe it could have like a, like a supply chain builder thing where it's like, okay, here's a list of the things that you need, right? Like the icons for these, for these wares and then the actual name of the planets next to it. Because the you know the the program could say okay where do I source these from but instead of like jumping the player around it could just give them a note that says okay this comes from Mars that comes from the Moon this thing comes from Venus hmm. you got to go to Pluto to get this right because in your local area the, this is where it comes from and and then it's not necessarily the best place to get it because you could have a further away place that's way cheaper. And if you if you like think ahead, like oh, I'm going to bring that from somewhere to here, then you know maybe it's better than what the automated route suggester did. But the automated thing is basically like, what's the cheapest best that's right close here, and, yeah, and then it's up to the player to like get better than that. Yeah, Somewhere but I'm I'm just trying to great. think of like how you would present that because you you wouldn't want to build the route for them because they might want multiple ships to supply those things. So you wouldn't want to just take one ship and run it all over hell. So I, I would give them just a list, you know, it's like here, if you want to take notes real quick, <laughs> you know, it's like, here's, do you need five things to make that? Here's the five planets that it comes from, you know, it might be one planet three times and two other planets or something. And then it gives you an idea like, Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. This is what I got to do. And it's it's more of a hint than a did it for you kind of right, thing, right? Um, but it because it, it's like I can't think of a way to automate that that wouldn't be a pain in the ass and that somebody wouldn't say no, no, I don't want it to do that. But mm-hmm. it, but if you just present the information like okay, here's what you need to do. I'm not going to do it for you, but 
you know, it's like you, you asked your advisor, like, Hey, where can I get all this stuff from? And this is what they came back with kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, the, uh, to that end, maybe if you gave the player a notepad, like the, the ability to just hang sticky notes on the screen or something, and then you could, and then you could just like barf that right into a note, you know, and that way they've got it. So they don't have to stay in that screen to see it and they don't have to write it down. It's just like, it goes into some kind of just text log thing that the player that, could edit. That, that sounds a little bit like in, Space Rangers, there, there would be when new notes pop up for you, you can pin it so that it stays there for a while. So, sure. you, you know, say, for example, you've, um, you've gone to a planet, you want to figure out the best prices, so you check the trading rumors, and then you can pin whatever comes up for that particular route, and then that'll show up as a little icon in the in the bottom and you can just hover over that to, to pop it back up and look at, okay, this was the best route for, you know, this good to this place. Right. And I can run that route. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how, uh, like, like I said, I told you how, how poor my experience was with trying to do UI and unity, but I'm looking at the buttons at the top of the screen. Sure. Right. And if there, and there's the one button there that kind of looks like a notepad already, but it's actually, it's actually your finance report, Legendary. but it makes me think like if there was a sticky note button up there that I'd click and then it would just like, kind of like how you, or, or you could do it like how you summon the stock ticker, the, not the stock ticker, the news ticker from the bottom mm-hmm. right. um, between the news ticker and the edge of the screen if you had like another arrow down there that I could click on and that actually pulled up notepad. Right. And then I could write in there or whatever. Or if I ask the game, like, you know, give me tips about this route stuff. It could just barf it right into that notepad, you know, like at the bottom of it or something. But then, I mean, yeah, you're making a text editor and the thing at that point, you know, that's not fun, but I'm just, I'm trying to think of like, how would I solve that problem? Uh, I, I play multi-monitor. I got another screen open here. I can write yeah. that crap down, but you know, it, but it doesn't accomplish the thing of like, if you're, if you're going to give the player a wallop of information about like, Hey, here, here's the places you need to go to source these things. You have to give them some way to actually preserve and look at that. And because if it's just there for the moment and then it's like, Oh, I hope you wrote that down. All right. It's gone. Then, you know, that, that doesn't really do it but um i don't know i i would have to i'd have to work too hard to solve that but the the only thing i can think is like if you if you just had like a persistent uh tooltip thing down there it's like i asked for this report it generated it and it stays pinned down there till i delete it and maybe i have like a list of them or something yeah that's that's interesting might have to put some thought into something like that for sure yeah, I mean it's it's like I'll I'll flesh it out a little bit after this, you know, and, and just kind of think like how how would I actually do that? That wouldn't be a complete pain in the ass. Yeah, you know, maybe it'll help you along. Um, but yeah, because because it's like here's Space Game Junkie. We're all about making your job harder. It's <laughs> no, another service not. we provide. Uh, I mean, we're we're definitely getting some, you know, some complaints about the UI. So we're we're 
listen to everybody about it for sure. Well, the, okay. So the, whenever you're doing the map filter thing, like mm-hmm. we were talking about, like, Hey, I need to find this commodity. Right. Um, right. so if I, if I zoom the map out and then I'm, I'm looking at the planets and they're all colored and then I go over here and say, like, I pick food. Right. And then I can click available mm-hmm. or availability icon. So then that filters the map so that places where food is, is less available is red and more available is, is like a brighter green. Right. So it goes right. You know, green, yellow, red kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean it's that's pretty intuitive. Uh, as far as like, hey, I want to buy low, sell high. I would assume more availability means cheaper. So, you know, it's it's like, oh, where can I get this from? Food availability and look at the green place. Yeah, actually, one thing we're we're most likely in soon is a um, basically just like a a, a spreadsheet showing um, all the plants and the the prices for everything and the supply numbers for everything just so you can Ooh. sort it. You know? Oh yeah. See, that would be cool. Um, again, unity UI. Oh God, kill me. <laughs> uh, you know, but if you want to take that on, dude, cool. Um, yeah. that, that actually, uh, cause I, I was talking about helium rain before. That's mm-hmm. actually a thing that they did in there. They have a, they have like a grid matrix of, uh, you, you pick a screen for basically, uh, I'm looking for this commodity like helium three. And then right. it will show every place that has it, every place that demands it. And there's, and there's just a grid and it gets bigger, the more, cause you discover more places in the solar system as you play. Um, so the, the grid gets bigger as, as you play. Um, but it's, it's kind of how they chose to present that, but it's, it's a thing yeah. of like, well, I can't look, I can look at a place and see what they're, what they're buying and selling there. Like here's right. all the commodities going on. And then I can look at a particular commodity and see where do I get it from. And it might, it, in in their case though, the cheapest place to get it might not have any. So you have to look at, at on hand supply, not just price. Right. Because it's like, well, I need a thousand of those. They only got 200, but they're cheap. So do I go to the place where I can just buy a thousand or do I want to swing by there and get the 200 cheap right. ones? Yeah, yeah so in our case, it's not really a, a trading game. In our case, it's a um, it's just transportation. You don't actually have to buy stuff when you when you pick it up. So yeah. So let me Which, let me toss one other idea out at sure. you. Um, it's something that I don't see a lot of devs do, at least not in the last few years. But it's something I did for the game that I worked on, mm-hmm. and it's make a Steam guide. You actually write it yourself. You put out the stuff that you want to put in there, like the the flow chart that you uh, that I posted up in the stream chat for people watching. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff you can put into that and cover a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily cover in a tutorial. But since you're the one controlling what information you're putting in there, you can make it as big or as small of an info dump as you need. Hmm. Do people actually read those? Though? Oh God! Yes. yes. Oh God! Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. We love that stuff. Okay. Love it. <laughs> All right. Love it. Yeah, I, I actually will probably do that then. Yeah. So since you, since you say about you know it's not a trading game where you you actually have to buy it and then transport it and sell it kind of thing. So the money that I'm seeing in here is this mm-hmm. actually just like the the 
income per unit of cargo if I take it. And because I, w- I guess I've been misinterpreting that all. You're saying the the price? Yeah, like if I look screen? at price slash supply right. on, on a planet screen. So the is the price actually like per unit that I deliver somewhere? This is what I'm getting yes, paid for that, it? Yes. Yep. That's how much if you delivered. Um, if you oh, delivered so I, so I don't have to pay to load it. I, it no. just. Oh, okay. So loading is free and that's pure profit. When it, uh, Yes. Yeah. You're literally just transporting things. So it's not. It's okay. Not, Truly trading. It's more logistics. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this is like this is your freight fee yep. per ton to yeah. Yeah, because for some reason I was thinking like, well, I have to buy this stuff and whatever, and it's yeah. Okay. I'm better now. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten a, quite a few people um thinking the same thing. We've tried to make it clear that it's transportation not trading yeah well and even i I get mixed up with it too because a lot of people call it trading game and well yeah because i was thinking like you know the the supply thing and well supply is cheaper so i'll go to where there's more of it but yeah i guess that's not a thing so that kind of changes my the way i'm going to play this then at that point so yeah because because it's i i guess we've all got it ingrained into our into our brains that you know, like uh, the elite style, right? It's like, hey, mm-hmm. I gotta go buy, I gotta go buy it, and then haul it and sell it, and then right. I'm getting the difference. And it's like, no, that's just, yeah. So, yeah, because because it, it's like I, I've been playing this off and on, you know, a little here and there, and and it's like until now that didn't actually click. So, it I, and I, and it's not that the game doesn't message it, but. It's like now that I know it, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's the predisposition of well, this is how games work, and this one doesn't. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll I'll have to add that in somewhere. Um, just as a pop up, maybe. Yeah. Just that you don't have to pay for goods when you pick them up. The price you see is the delivery price. I'm not sure. Hmm. Taking notes as I go here. That's that's good. We we try we try and be very constructive here. <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. Well, folks, it is time. We do need to start wrapping up. We do have a hard stop in a few minutes. Uh, so, um, so Mike, uh, before we wrap up, what are the uh, what's coming next for Interstellar Transport Company? Uh, we're definitely doing uh, UI work. So we're we're kind of listening to everybody right now. We don't really that we're following. Um, we're going to try to listen to everybody, see what they what they want. Um, I know something like uh, warp gates. That's something that we're we're probably going to do at some point here. So you could actually set up just just warp gates between the two systems instead of having to you know transport things um, or having to actually move a ship slowly between the systems. So. Uh, that's one thing we're also doing like interstellar obstacles, like some like black holes between, you know, some systems at some point. So you have to kind of go around it. Um, stock market might be something that we're doing, but outside of that, we're, we're open to suggestions right now and we're just kind of focusing on, you know, new player experience right now. Yeah. Cause the, the stock market thing, like how, 
how what's the end game right like how do i actually win right yeah i there really is no end game and i mean because i mean the stock market thing might give you the end game where it's like okay i i put those dudes out of business so i don't have to deal with them anymore i got all their ships i took their routes you know but but that's also the thing of of like if you do that wrong that could be the kiss of death financially because you might take on something you can't afford or or mentally can't afford. <laughs> it's like, oh god, I tripled my size. I'm dead now. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I don't know that we'll have a stock market work like that. Um. Maybe in multiplayer because you know some people want an actual goal for for some sort of competitive multiplayer. Um. So maybe we'll have have it there where you can actually buy out other companies. Mm-hmm. But um in single or, player I mean, we're we're looking more like I mean I guess they do that in, in like Transport Tycoon and stuff, but Well uh, that or you could just have like um say almost like how civilization has like well you can win the wonder victory, right? Mm-hmm. So so it's like you could win the achievement victory. So if you if you say, okay, um have have this many starports or have you know like this many factories or whatever you know uh, these different these different sub goals and if you add enough of them up then you won right yeah. it's like orc, different orc different work game now orc yeah it's like different 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 small achievements are worth a, a point weight and if you you know you pick a score right it's like okay we're going to play to 10,000 points or whatever, yeah. and then you race to that. And that way, different players could take a different path to get to it, right? It's like, hey, I'm going to go for the research victory or something. I'm going to invent warp drives or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, the other people could just try to blow you out economically. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. We might we might do something like that because we were looking for, um, for some way a signal to the players that, hey, this is all the content we have after like 100 years, you know? Hmm. And uh, that could be a good way to do it. Say, hey, you won, or you know, you came in second, or whatnot. And do you want to continue playing? There's not much content, but you can keep going if you want. Yeah, I mean, you could have an option to yeah. let's just race to a dollar figure. It's like whoever's company is worth, you know, right. ten megabucks first. Um, but then maybe that's you know that's an option. Right. Yeah. Like if, if you want to play that way, but then if, if you did like, okay, uh, accomplish X number of points worth of stuff, then it's not just a money focused thing. It's, it's a, okay, I had to do shit with the money, not just make the money and bank it. So, yeah, know, that's, that's pretty good ideas, honestly. Yeah. At least, I mean, that would, that would at least drive some diverse gameplay, yep. not just a, not just a race to max profit. Yeah, for sure. Because it's because it's like if you get factories and stuff, can you can you just buy stuff that'll put you in financial ruin? It's like, oh, I can't pay upkeep on all this crap. That you know, it's like I could afford it, but I can't afford to maintain it. No, not, so, not necessarily. I mean, as far as industries go and stuff, you're 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 subsidizing them for the most part. So you're not really buying factories. You're not really paying upkeep for them. You're not benefiting that much directly from them. Um, there is a technology in the tech tree that gives you. Uh, 25% of factories outputs that you build. Mm. But, um, but no, you know, the biggest things that could bankrupt you would be, you know, having too many research stations that that can add up fast. Mm. Um, 
distribution hubs. Uh, if, you, yeah. if you build those in the wrong spots, you can really get way too many maintenance costs. Okay. Because that's usually the way that I lose like a 4X game is I'll just bury myself financially. Like I, I, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but I overinvested in stuff that I can't pay the upkeep and oh no, I'm doomed. Yeah. Then you end up selling stuff off. Yep. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with it so far. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to help. Great. When was it like a year ago you were here? The, this is more than that. This has yeah. changed radically. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really a special game because there's really nothing else like it. And it it takes a special kind of dedication to make something this detailed, I think. Yeah, Brian, do you get the distant worlds vibe out of this, like just watching the ships like Oh yeah, a little bit. And, and now that I know that there's some automation, even more so. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So folks, the game is Interstellar Transport Company. It's in the twenty dollar range, roughly. Um it's about a not triple A. What is it? Double A title? What do they call mid range? Mid A? What? The, I don't even know what the. There's a term for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. There's a lot of gameplay here, single and multiplayer. Uh, so there's a ton of gameplay here. So definitely check it out. It just came out of early access. It is really stable. It is really well put together. It's got a really good UI. And there's a lot going on, but don't let it intimidate you like it intimidated me. <laughs> it's there's a lot going on here. Uh, just oh, a couple. Uh, it's my fault again. My fault, not your fault. Just a couple quick uh, programming notes before we wrap up. Uh, Thursday night for the land party, we are returning to Dead Effect Two. It has some new DLC with a new character, so we're going to be trying that out. If you've never seen Dead Effect 2, it's an amazing zombie game on a spaceship <laughs> with uh, rifles and bows and psionic powers. And one and of Minigan. the great- There's also and a VR version in which you can dual wield. Oh, really? Oh. And you yes, can dual wield a sword and pistol. Uh, I haven't done of- it because I don't have a VR Greg, but yeah. And one of the greatest video game characters of all time, whose name is Minikin. He is wonderful. We love Minikin. We love Minikin. Next week on the show, unless something changes, we should be talking Pax Nova, um, the new 4X game from Grey Wolf Entertainment. They did Dawn of Andromeda a couple of years ago. And they're back with a 4X that's a mix of planet and space stuff. It's actually pretty good in early access right now. It's... Got a lot going for it. Uh, so, Mike, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and talking to us about this game. It is no, great. Thank you. You sold a lot of copies, and we hope you sell a lot more. <laughs> Congratulations thank you, thank you. on that. Thanks. Uh, so, folks, thank you so much for watching and for listening, and we will see you next time. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.